Steve Spiros, Easy Going. Hi, Steve Spiros. You know me, Easy Going. I'm from Humberside. <laughs> you ever smelled the moldy towel? <laughs> I had it. I'm going to die. How can you die when you're dead? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> A fuck up. <laughs> Watching Steve's face as that thing unfolded was great because, like, the first one third, he's like, "What he's the, like, fuck, what is the fuck is this?" Uh, like, yeah, what did yeah. they got me in? One of these bullshit things, and then he's like, <laughs> "All those people who called me a sleepwalker, I woke up. Now I'm going back to sleep because <laughs> I'm going to be committed in an isolation room." Sean knows this whole thing forwards and backwards. Uh, I'm afraid it. of the boogeyman. Who's the boogeyman? You figure it you out. Figure it out. And it? you can't kill a person with, with no body. body. There's a video of Steve Spiros. It's a guy that goes nuts mm. on a weird interview. It's like a student television show. And he just goes... <laughs> It's just random. She's just asking. What's your name? My name? Oh, let me tell you my name. Uh, I'm confused because. Uh, Watch your face. You know, like we're supposed to believe in the ministry, right? So is the, is, is the church <laughs> yeah. and state supposed to be separate? I'm confused because I never went to school, right? Is a confused She's person nodding. get a resolution? I don't understand. You see, when you go like that, Right? You have a cross, two sticks, right? <laughs> and that's how I felt when I was in Waterloo. Because when I walked in Waterloo and smiled at people, they treated me like a vampire. They used the cross and they went like this by not smiling at me. In Toronto, hey, hi guys, you know me, Steve Spiros, easy going? <laughs> Those who know me, I'm a nobody. Right. You understand? And you can't kill a person with no body. So why am I afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of the boogeyman. Who's the boogeyman? You figure it out. I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to Waterloo where the vampires hang out. And I'm going to wear my sunglasses that night. You know why? Because women show their tits, have short skirts, and then they feel violated when I look at them. Why? Because I have sunglasses on and I'm weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Humberside. I'm sorry if uh, I made a fool of Humberside, but all those people who called me a sleepwalker, I woke up. Now I'm going back to sleep because I'm going to be committed in an isolation room because I'm going to go back to the ministry and allow them to perceive me as I am a, a fuck up. Hey, Toronto the good. Look at, look at this square. It was a shithole when I worked here. Now it looks, looks like, like New York, York Manhattan. Manhattan. Where are the bums? There's no bums here. Toronto doesn't have bums. But Waterloo, they're creating bums. They created me. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's the church. Talk to the Pope. He knows everything. I had it. I'm going to die. How can you die when you're dead? Oh, wait a second. I'm going to be crucified, right? I'm not going to raise my voice. Because I'm committed to the Lord. This is a random interview, bro. I can't watch that anymore what? today. If I see that again, I'll die, bro. 
Now, Schwartz, what store did I used to go to? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Start it. All right. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Your brother faced with hard luck. Faced with hard luck. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm a certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky. Yes, sir. Yes, he is. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show, coming at you live from the bunker in Southern California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my partner, is oh, Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, damn it, elegant, barbarian. Here to bring the unexpected once again. Feast your ears on this! Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the center stage is an American Indian. Half-breed. He's going to show you his tits. And then he's going to jiggle his hips. And then... He's gonna do a nip slip. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. I ran out. And on sound, oh, blue eyes yeah. himself. Yeah, Sean Lewis. Yeah. Oh. Certified audio professional. Engineer. For the hard luck show. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Like a siren. What that's, is that? That's what my is that, kid. Timberland? Oh, that's my kid. That's your kid, Koi. Big shout out to Koi. I just put a little, you know. That's a fucking dude. He's gonna be on fucking the Idol. Most Bro. beautiful kid in the world. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest, Chumon. Yes, oh, we do. Shit. Coming from Santa Monica. Oh, right. Santa Monica. Long time supporter of the show. A year of the Hard Luck Council. Everybody, please welcome the Schwartz. The Schwartz. The Schwartz. The Schwartz. The whip from 96 and it's metal. I step on the pedal. Yeah, dude. So I was talking to Schwartz. Yeah. I like every week I have these uh, fucking meetings or, you know, when my, my fucking law firm isn't blowing up, mm-hmm. which it is lately, been very crazy. I have uh, what I call the hard luck council roundtables and uh, longtime listeners and supporters and, and idea people from the show. Raul, big shout out to Marcelo, Calco, mm-hmm. and Schwartz, and, and a bunch of other guys that get on and we chit chat. And. Schwartz was telling me some interesting things. He's got deep roots in Los Angeles, and I just realized, you know what? Why don't we just have him roll down here and fucking tell us his stories and and find out, make some connections. And one of the things that Schwartz was saying is that he's got a friend. A certain friend? uh, Had a, what is it, a body shop? Yeah, body shop. All right. Mulholland Motorsports. Julio. Mulholland. Ah, yes. 
Yes, I used to be there. And, and the reason I used to be there is Muller Sports. Well, it's on he's right across the street from your house. Who is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Mulholland? I know, yeah, yeah. Julio you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So my mom lived on the on Sherborne on that block, mm-hmm. on that block. So I remember going to that place because I was visiting her, and I went by there for him to look at my truck, and he fixed something for me. And ever since then, the way he fixed it, mm-hmm. uh, I brought Kevin Bish there to bring his Regal. I no brought shit. people over years, and I would bring my car to him religiously, dude. Yeah. yeah. He's a nice guy, man. Yeah, he's too. a good buddy of mine. Who is he? Yeah. How, when did so, you meet I, this guy? So I met him when I was an insurance adjuster. Right. And I came in there to look at a car and um, went into his office and saw all his art pieces. Did you see his paintings when you were there or no? Mm, not really yeah so he had all these paintings in his office and i was like what are these he's like oh this is my work i've been collecting for five years and uh he started repurposing auto paint that he was done doing on a car and using stainless steel pieces and um it's like really great so he obviously comes into contact with lots of auto paint and stuff that's leftovers or extras, right? Right, yeah. And so his art is to then use that paint and make his own pieces on sheet metal or whatever? Yeah, totally. So, like, every color, like Ferrari Red, um, has, like, 11 different colors into it. So what he would do, he started out, like, making the background the full color, and then he would use all the toner colors to do, like, an abstract, design on the sheet metal Fuck, that's dope ah, it is dope. yeah it's really dude nobody's using like that medium mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty cool and uh he had his first art show like march of 2020 really? no wow. shit first where, art where show, was his show at uh westwood i had no idea of any of this i had no yeah. idea of any of this either bro, bro. he's got some buzz right now in the art world really I'm actually yeah like i'm kind of now managing his art stuff. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, bro. Why don't we bring him? He's a good guy. Why don't we, man, real really, good guy, man. Humble dude, bro. Hey, why don't we Super. bring... Can you get Julio down oh, here? for sure. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we get Julio down yeah. here to talk to him? I would love... Yeah. Julio's fucking helped me out of so many binds with my cars, bro, and taking such good care of me. I would love to love hear that, Julio. Yeah. No, and his, uh, he's got another show coming up the end of next month, so we got this big push kind of to do bunch of stuff for him. Look at this. Schwartz. Well, let me tell you something. Let me just say this. Do it. I'm bringing my cars to this man for automotive, uh, uh, for body shop work. Yeah. Be clear on that. There's nothing wrong with the car mechanic. This is all the work that this guy would do, bro. I mean, he saved me on parts. He's like, I can bond with that. I can make yeah. it. I can do this. I can match the paint. This guy would work miracles with me and save me an arm and a leg. And that's why when Kevin Bish had this Regal, I think it was a Regal or a Cutlass, an old school one. He wanted to refurbish it. Right. He wanted to refurbish it. He wanted a brand new paint. Job. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me see. I want to bring you over to a guy. And and Julio didn't particularly do classic cars. He was doing more like foreign new cars and shit, right? Yeah. And we went in and saw him, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he fucking crushed it, bro. And he just. He's so good, man. So, so I mean, there's a lot of art to that. You right. have to be an artist to be right. able to do that. Well, dude, you won't find people, owners of body shops that are the painter. Like, right. he paints all the cars. Hmm. Right. So that's his thing, man. And he started, like, literally started as, like, a porter and did everything, owns his own shop. Like, 
Good dude, bro. And like when you see people like that win, you're stoked. Yeah. Uh, so when is his next show? Uh, the end is I think it's like September 25th or some something like that. Oh, we're going to that. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's in Westwood. And, Do you know uh, where in Westwood yet? It's on Westwood Boulevard. He, dude, he got blessed like with a gallery and like all type, dude. Like, good Damn, stuff. Damn, we should help Julio out. Yeah, yeah, bro. Let's 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 get as many people down there with some fat checks to fucking buy yeah, some shit. Yeah, we could even fucking have fucking uh, Enzo's cater some food over there in Westwood. That would be cool. That would be cool. You know that we're talking about cars. Um, Schwartz, in your opinion, yeah, and maybe I'll just throw this out to the crew. Schwartz, you've been a native of of the Los Angeles area for how long? Forty one years. All right, so you have some idea about California. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We just got done talking about cars. In your opinion, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta pick one. Sure. You can't fucking punk out and be a bitch. <laughs> All right. What is the quintessential California car? Mm. Oof. That's a tough one. Um currently? Listen. It's a Tesla. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Probably right. is. It's a Tesla. Right. Probably right. Yeah. All right, but I'm saying all time. I'm saying you're going to pick a car that is going to explain or is going to be emblematic of California. Wasn't that the Mustang for a long time? I yeah. would say that. Right? Mustang That's what I would say. For years yeah. it was the Mustang. That was like how 60s, you kind of like called out California. Right. Like and a 67 Mustang convertible, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. a 67 Mustang convertible. Yep. Difficult yep. because California is so different, bro. Like right. northern, southern. It's Yeah. Hard to pick one mm-hmm. California. Yeah, but I would say now that covers North and South, it's a Tesla in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was uh, on my way over here when I was thinking about that question. The first thing that came to my mind was a Mustang. Right. I was like, yeah, it's got to be like a '67 Mustang convertible. Yeah, it's got to be a convertible. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, especially Southern California. Right, and I, you know, I guess this is good point of any to say that, like, you know what. You're right. California, if you were to really look at California, super diverse, right? Okay, North Carolina. But ultimately, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but when you think of California, don't you really think of Southern California? I mean, isn't that the first piece? Yes, of course, bro. Yeah. Yes. That's why Northern California hates on it. Right. That's so weird because when I went to Berkeley and I told them I was moving to LA, I don't got anything against Northern California. I like Northern California, right? It's 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 only one way. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's only one way. And then I would go like, yeah, I'm moving to L.A. And people up north would talk mad shit about L.A. They'd be like, oh, don't turn plastic. Oh, watch out. You're going to lose all your intelligence when you go down there. But then when I came to L.A. and said, yeah, I moved here from Berkeley, not a single person was like, fuck Northern California. Right. Nobody said that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Now, Schwartz, how far back does your family go in California? Um... Two generations, or I guess my mom was born here, but my grandfather was on my mom's side. I don't really have any relations with my my father's side, um, but my mom's father was from uh, uh, Eastern Europe. Came here on the last voyage of the Queen Mary, and uh, came directly to to L.A. And then my mom's mom was from Minnesota, but she came out here. What's the Queen Mary? The Queen Mary was uh, a huge ship. It used to be down in Long Beach. Right. Yeah. Right. And he got, he literally came, like, they killed everybody after that. Who's yeah. they? The Nazis. 
So his dad escaped the concentration. Your grandpa. His yeah, grandpa yeah. escaped the concentration camps on the Queen Mary, which was in Long Beach, and they and they turned that like into like a ghost ship oh, yeah. and entertainment, right? Yeah. Bro, it's for sure haunted. Is, is it? it? And I don't really believe in that shit, but I've heard too many stories. Really? Like what stories? I mean, is there one that sticks out for you? No, just like crazy. Yeah. Dude, I'm right now. I'm in the middle of reading the book by Ori Spado. Have you ever heard of this guy, Ori Spado? No. Accidental gangster. Uh, he's a guy who's from New York. <clears throat> Is that the Ray Donovan guy or no? Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember. It's the guy that, that Ray Donovan's based on. And he came out here and he had big dealings with the Queen Mary. And he was running every kind of scam and he was connected. And he says it in his book. Mm. He was connected to, you know, Francesi and the game. Never actually a made guy or in part of the organization. Just one of those dudes... Who knew everybody? Right. And so he's out here in the 70s and da 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 da. He said they tried everything with the Queen Mary, bro. They were like trying to turn it into a concert venue, trying to make money on it and da 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 da. And eventually they came up with this like, it's a haunted thing and haunted tour. Oh, I've been oh, there. Really? Yeah. yeah. They decided like it was going to be haunted? Well, they didn't decide. That was Yeah, they all- do a whole horror night thing there. No, but they, they didn't decide. They, they, it was already a. Urban legend. Right. It was already known that it was a ghost ship. Right. But he would. They were always constantly trying to figure out how are you gonna make money on this motherfucker. And they figured out, you know what, horror tours. And then they just fucking broke the bank with that. Bro, it's expensive as shit to go on the fucking Queen Mary. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So then your 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 grandpa comes here. Yeah. All right. They settled in Boyle Heights. They settled in Boyle Heights. Back when it was all like white Jewish Jewish. Right. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, Inglewood was all Jewish. Boy, East LA was Jew- primarily Jewish. What decade kind of is this? Well, we're talking about the fucking forties, forties. Yeah, yeah. He came over in nineteen thirty-nine. <laughs> I didn't realize that that, that it was Jewish. Inglewood and Boyle Heights and Lincoln Heights. Yeah, these were heavily Jewish areas, bro. Boyle wow. Heights still has like crazy synagogues, yeah. like old school ones. Right. right. So they're over there, and then what happens? Uh. Then they ended up going to the valley, and that's where I grew up. You grew up in the valley? Yeah, San Fernando Valley, Encino. Encino. Yeah. Which is Spanish for oak. Where St- that's where, like, Stein was from? Mike Stein. Uh, that's where, like, uh, Tony uh, Tony uh, Crouch. Right. They're all, like, Protein cat. cookie, dude. Protein cookie guy. Right. Jewish kids from the valley. All right, and then what? Then then Schwartz, you said that your mom, right? What did she do for an occupation? So she was a therapist and a social worker, but she started um, in the 1980s working with AIDS patients and HIV mm-hmm. patients, like it, when it was like crazy. Right, um, right. Um, AIDS was retarded. Back at that time, it was like You're everyone dying, was dying, bro. Every, yeah, that's straight up. Yeah. yeah, and it was like everyone was freaked out about it. Because everybody, because yeah. you knew all sorts of people that were dying. Right. You were having family members and neighbors. Right. All dying. Make the fucking pandemic if look you, like a picnic. A picnic. If you lived in Los Angeles, yeah. I had friends, male and female, mm-hmm. family members dying. Yeah. From AIDS. From AIDS. Family members and friends. Right. That, it wasn't one of these things that was like, and I'm speaking if you live and you're born and raised in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. And you had people, multiple people, very close to you, for sure. dying from AIDS. What was I that? lost two cousins. 
Alas, my sister's best friend, who's fucking gorgeous, Anna, fucking, and maybe four or five friends, just personal friends. I had like fucking 10 people die from, in a 10 year span from AIDS or eight year span. Like people were affected by that, dude. Yeah. Somebody you knew, if it wasn't your family or it was a close friend, had died from AIDS. That's how bad that shit was, bro. Well, and also it was crazy, like with COVID, you know, people like worrying about personal space or six feet. Like, bro, back then, people wouldn't shake hands with somebody with yeah, HIV, brother. be in the same room. Like, I'm yep. so lucky that my mom made me realize, like, not just people with AIDS or HIV, but she worked a lot with the homosexual community, like, you know, people of different races. Like, I never saw any difference between, they were just people, you know? So, like, fortunately, I realize now in my 40s how lucky I was that my mother instilled that in me f from a young age. How, how did your mom, because that was at a time when people normally didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. So how was it that your mom was able to do that? What is it about her? I don't know. My mom's a trip, but she's a really good person, man, and, and has done a lot to help people who were unable to help themselves, you know? And so you said she did, she worked at that, and then she was a therapist. Where did she, where, where was she predominantly located? Well, she was, she ran a place like the Weingart Institute mm -hmm. on Skid Row, Mm -hmm. um, she worked with friends outside, like in the jails, right. like worked with juveniles, like everything. Bro. Like, yeah. see, what's the Wine Garden Institute? Have you heard of that? It's a it's a program downtown by uh, the Nickel in downtown it's Fifth all, Street. Yeah, it's all uh, it's like hardcore recovery, like the Lighthouse in in San Pedro, or the Wine Garden was like uh, the L.A. Mission, you know, like a, mm -hmm. a rehab down on the Nickel in downtown. Right, like where where Lepke no was. No pretty stuff, yeah. It's the, uh, Lepke been to the wine guard. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely has. Do you think Lepke Be knows up his... Be in there showering and shit and trying to... Do you think he knows his mom? Might. Do you think Lepke knows your mom? Does your mom ever talk about a big giant dude who could eat <laughs> onions in one bite? <laughs> no. So, yeah. She, your mom was real involved in community work, huh? 100%. Yeah, she also worked with... The LAPD, the DART program, the domestic abuse response team, mm -hmm. she would be the shrink, like, on site. What would she roll with the cops to, like, you know, handle that shit. Assess Men and women. Yeah. yeah. What made your mom be able to handle that kind of shit? She's, she's a strong person, bro. What's she going really on with her today? Uh, she's currently waiting for a kidney transplant. She had a liver transplant uh, mm -hmm. four or five years ago. Um, so she's unable to actually work work because she's sick, but also work in that field because um, the cleanliness, the disease, like, you know. She can't she be has, around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has, like, a um, very compromised immune system, so she mm. can't be. So it's, like, it's really been hard for her because she's, that's what filled her, bro, was, like, right, helping work. people. Like, <clears throat> sure. It's not a lot of people can do it. And the ones that can do it are special people. And, um, you know, we butt heads a lot of times when I was a kid because I just wasn't into it. But I always was aware that my, you know, world would be better off with more people like her. What kind of pressure does that put on a young guy mm -hmm. when your mom's mother, Teresa? Mm, it didn't affect me so much like that. Because um, I lived with my grandparents from the time like I was a young kid. My mom had some 
uh, mental health issues when I was younger. Huh. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Okay, so wait a second. Did you ever feel like, wait a minute, uh, you're there for everybody else, why can't you be there for me? A little bit. Sometimes, yeah. That's tough, times, bro. But, yeah. That's tough. Um, but, yeah, it was... It was um, kind of a battle because like i said i live with my grandparents and then when my mom got right she wanted like me to come back home and i was like peace you know like because my life was good with my grandparents and it was like on a totally different wavelength yeah how old were you when that happened mm, like maybe 13 or some shit can you imagine that bro so if 13 you're stabilized you got a relationship everything's cool and then all of a sudden it's like your mom's cool again. Now you're gonna up. You're gonna have to pull up stakes and change everything. Yeah. And did you do it? No. No, I never went back and lived with my mom. Damn. Was that a? Does that been a bone of contention between you two? It was for you. I mean, we have a great relationship now. So, and given all the shit that we went through, like it's you know it's a credit to both of us really, because we put in work to get there. Man, you know, we went through some tough shit. What was the toughest time? Look at that face. Know, hey, dude, so look at that face. That's a face that could tell a thousand stories. So many, bro. What was like, one of the toughest times? I'll tell you one that's like really stupid, but it goes to this day because anytime the photos um, come up, it's like, it, it's kind of fucked up. But so I had a bar mitzvah, right? Yeah. And it was like this big deal. My grandparents spent a lot of money on it and shit. And, um, my mom wasn't into it. My mom was raised Jewish, but actually has been baptized and she's Catholic now. That's a whole long story too, but okay. whatever. Um, and she wasn't too into me having the bar mitzvah and like this big, like friggin', you know, expensive thing. And, um, wasn't happy where her and her friends got put in the seating arrangement. And, uh, so when we took the family picture, my mom like let it be known like how she felt. How? She has like the worst look on her face ever, wouldn't smile. It was some childish shit, but um yeah. So So she had to make sure that that memory, which really belonged to you, contained her personal feelings. Yeah. Which is a little selfish. A little. Uh Sean, you had a look on your face. What? No. What are obser observations? I'm just listening. <laughs> it looks like he's he's carrying some pain from that oh yeah it, w it was rough for sure yeah i'm sensing pain too bro i mean i know right like let's be clear now right, right you're taking care of your mom right yeah yeah it happened mm. for years all right so it's not necessarily that he's you know that he doesn't risen above some of those things but you're taking care of your mom and as the emotional stakes get higher, Steve gets hungrier. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that pain that you're carrying, bro. Good, thanks. Um, and you're married, right? Yeah. What does your wife say about this situation or, or like what's the dynamic? Uh, between like her and my mom? or No, you and your mom and whether or not oh. you've really resolved these issues. Oh, no. I mean... I don't know if she necessarily has a take, but, um, you know, my mom, is, my wife is not stoked on, like, some of the stories from the past, but, um, no, but she's cool, I mean, 
Yeah. But the, w- w- the pain that you have, mm-hmm. how are you going to let it go? Did you have a plan for that? Leather couches and money on therapy. Are you in therapy now? Mm-mm. Where do you think I you- have been, though. How much therapy have you done? <laughs> Look at he just laughs. He's like, "What do you want me to be?" Enough, bro. I don't know. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I've been in therapy, man. Yeah, I've spent probably three years just lying to a therapist. Right. <laughs> well, that's something you do when you're young. I right. I actually burned a couple therapists that were really good, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. You know, you couldn't right. sack you up enough them. to be honest, and then it was right. like. It was a point, you know, it was pointless. Yeah, but I feel like now, now I look at it, I'm like, you know, you probably have to go through that right. to get to the next phase. You got to fucking, you know, lie and pr- play all your games right. and then realize, like, what's... you you You're wasting time and money. I think you have to go through that in order to realize, okay, that's not the point of therapy is not make the therapist think I'm cool. Right. Right. What was the hardest place you got to in therapy? Um, just probably dealing with the stuff with my mom as a kid, right? But that that was probably it. Yeah, huh. this but is it interesting. Was, it, it was helpful. I had one therapist that I started seeing right after I got separated from my first wife, and um, uh, she was great. What's the complaint? Is it that you're not vulnerable enough? Is it that you're from who? From a lot of people, your first one. I mean, what? Because oh, oh, I'm oh. sensing now when I talk to you, you're a good guy. I know that. Right. There's no part of me that doesn't understand that part. Right. But I can sense now that we're talking and I see you in person and we're relating in person mm. that there's a part of you that's a little shut down. Right, Sean? Am I wrong? No, I mean, you, I can. There's a, a posture from from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Steve, right. are you sensing that a little bit? Right. And we're not saying you're a bad dude oh, or no, anything, no, no. but we're sensing that there's a little bit of a shutdown or a close off. What is that? I don't know. It's probably that, but, you know, kind of something I did as a kid was just really kind of, I had a, the constant theme that I had as a kid was keep it moving. So like shit would happen and I would pretty much just stuff it down to keep it moving. I would do whatever I needed to do to get through, you know? Did that affect your first marriage? That, that, po- that posture? Uh, I'm sure in some way, yeah. I'm sure. You're I'm sure? sure I had to. In some way? No, 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 because there were a lot of... They, that was like a difficult thing, bro. She converted to Judaism like, mm. and didn't really want to do it, and it created a whole, mm. whole fucking issue, man. But I was younger and thought that that was like super important to me, which it's not, right. but, you know. Man, bro. I feel like there's like three biographies <laughs> right here. There might be... There's like three biographies right here, right? What's your passion? What do you love doing? Sports really is my passion. What sports? All of them. All of them? Yeah, when I Water polo. Up, you love water polo. I don't love it, but I watch a shitload of it during the Olympics. Is that true? Yeah. What do you think about these pandemic Olympics? I thought it was weird seeing 2020 on everything, but I thought they were good. Hmm. <laughs> should uh, should should Biles should she have bowed out for mental reasons or should she just muscle? If she felt she needed to. I thought that was super brave. It was kind of a, a, a head, you know, kind of fucked the head up because my whole sports background and upbringing was like you're hurt. 
your stress, your whatever, fuck it, keep moving, you know. What sports background did you have? I played football, ice hockey, baseball, basketball, I mean, like everything. Hmm. Soccer, shitload of soccer. Hmm. I was up at 4.30 this morning watching my team play. Hmm. So That's interesting. Who's How did your team? You? Manchester United. Okay. Who they play today? Leeds United. Okay. 5-1. How did you come into contact with the Hard Luck Show? Like, how did you find out about it? Probably just through, like, different music stuff that I follow, like, Soul Assassin shit. I've been into that forever. That's probably how. And then what happened? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, always curious to find out, like, these people. Like, how do you come across it? What did you listen well, to? Dude, that I love podcasts. Like, really, I listen to them a lot. Like, I think we were talking about I like, three-hour episodes that I can you know go back to a few times so no i just listened and literally like every episode i think you guys get better right and tighter and the progression is kind of clear what about the hard luck show do you like what is it that you like about the show i think you guys are fucking hilarious yeah yeah i mean that's my whole thing is just kind of i love podcasts where it's just basically like your boys in a room talking shit about things it's kind of like what i'm into but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sean, what we're doing right now. Yeah, it was yeah, a little awkward. Why, Sean? Right. Why are you laughing? Because it was like crunch, crunch. Yeah, yeah I crunch, think it crunch. took like Chumahan and Sean, and then me finally just heard that there was a. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Right. So, um, but. What to you were okay? So let's let's do a critique. Let's do a show. Let's do a hard luck show critique. Oh. What to you, what do you consider some of our top moments? Oh man, I can't really think of specific stories, but um, just that when like an old memory comes up and there's something like I on the first episode, bro. That whole story from Estevan that's come up on his last time that he was on. About Polly B on the airplane to Japanese uh, Japan was yeah. like the funniest shit I've ever heard, bro. Right. Because right. I could also see me and my boys doing the same shit. Like, right. 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 And what about? I mean, now that you're sitting here, you know, in the virus bunker with us, <laughs> is it like how you would imagine? Does Steve like what you would imagine Steve was like? Yeah. Did you get nervous at all coming down here, like well, meeting if us? I'm honest, a little bit, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know what I was coming into, but yeah. And when, and what about seeing Big Lep just kind of going hilarious. by like a Godzilla? Well, no, it was fucking hilarious that I walked in and that was the first person I saw. Was Big Lep. <laughs> Did you know it was Big Lep right away? Dude, I come out, okay. right? Listen, so I'm in here and, and we're in He's here. He's in a stack of tires. Though. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a shard of fucking mm-hmm. meth in his ass. <laughs> I come, we're in here doing the Vanessa Bodacious thing, right? I don't know what's going on. I go outside and I see Schwartz. He's on the on the couch, and I see Lep, mm-hmm. and Lep's reading a magazine with his legs crossed, like he's waiting to see the doctor. Waiting for that girl, dude. Have you? I have Sean. Dude, you haven't seen it. You know the answer is you've never seen Lep act like that. Before. I've never <laughs> seen never Lep. Seen I was you. about to tell her when we're recording, when we're having to do any kind of H two K recording stuff. Yeah, we need to have her here for Lep. <laughs> we could probably get some Keep shit the done. focus. All right. <laughs> he doesn't put extras on it. 
We could just get the fucking thing from him. I never. We see. should bring her around as like the buffer that keeps him. Right. Yeah. She's She'll like, be his shepherd. She's right. like his halcyon. Right. Right, his 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 fucking equilibrium. Bring that him down. That guy was the calmest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> he acted like a normal human being for fucking an hour. And I love when we we he saw our surprise. And when I was looking at him, I'm like, what what what's going on, Lep? And he was like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? He was, he like, was sprawled out, like <laughs> arm out. Yeah, he was like. His- <laughs> He was stroking his chest. He's giving you a little Mr. Was like, bedroom eyes. <laughs> uh, the president. And they quoted Gandhi. Yeah. I've talked to him a the million fuck times. Out of here with right. that shit. He was sitting there stroking his chin and he was like, and then I go, Lep. And then he'd look at me. When she was looking at him, he'd look at me like, what? What's the matter? Oh, I'm not man. any different than I normally am. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then as soon as she'd look away, Lep would give me that little Lep eye. You know that little Lep eye? Like, I got this one. <laughs> He'd give you that like little wink. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, we got something going right here. And by the way, we had a million guests come down here when Lep's here. Mm-hmm. And somehow this is the time he needs a ride <laughs> from one of our. He's like, which way yeah. are you going? Fucking. He like cornered her. You, man, that's he, a whole setup, bro. He <laughs> cornered her. As soon as he heard her on, his like little radar was like, turn right, turn right. It was funny because we hadn't even dropped the show, and yet somehow he knew <laughs> Vanessa this? was here, bro. He's like a I bat. Mean, I don't care. Get me over here right now. Like, but I can't drive you back. And he goes, I don't she care. He was like right. whipping Schmitty in the shoulder with his stick. He's like, let's go. He like, didn't even stop the car. Like, you probably got out running. Down. Yeah, and then he sat in the corner, and then all of a sudden he had his legs crossed, and he was, I'm like, dude. He's like, I got my legs crossed. What? I always sit like that. I'm like, no, you don't, bro. Yeah, no, you don't, bro. Man, I'd never seen that before. Debonair. Debonair Lepke. I never saw Debonair Lepke. He was doing game, dude. trying to act like Einstein and motherfucking Donnie Hicks. The he, you know, he was pulling his shirt away from his belly rolls. He's like, yeah, man. Uh, 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 uh. I'd never seen Lep like that before. He was glowing. He was like... Um, he was in heat. He was like that dog that you get from the kettle that they're about to fucking put his ass down. <laughs> and then you take him home and that dog's on. This bitch is grateful to be alive eating food. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't gonna do nothing wrong the rest of his life. That's how that was. You don't oh even have God. to ask for the paper. It yeah, is like... Look, oh, yeah, dog. That's yeah. so accurate. Yeah. It was amazing. It's amazing that he could sense that she was here. Because I didn't send him a, a whole... Like, you really got to pay attention to that. Like, I really, really want to talk about the energy that he was... Like, and it's all coming from the mind. Right. It can change the <laughs> dynamics of everything, the energy move. Like, just a little... Oh. <laughs> so he has the ability. We see that he has the ability to sit there and not act, you know... Crazy. Right. Yes. You're right. You're 100% right. If it's like a chick or if it's like, you know. A producer. 10,000. Casting director. Oh, remember that? Remember that? Remember that? He almost knocked us over. He was like, hey, 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 you know what? I got my reel. It's almost coming together. We didn't even know he had a reel. He's a casting director. All of a sudden, he's pulling fucking reels out of his pocket. Yeah. So he knows. He does know. Uh, Shorts, did you discover this show on your own, or did somebody? I knew you said you follow Soul Assassins and da da da, but did somebody tell you about it? No, I don't think so. No. Have you tried to tell other people about the show? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, what I happens? Have. Do they? Does does the show title even make sense to people? 
Or they're like, hard luck show? What the hell is that? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I usually explain, like, more about the show than just giving them a name, like, go check it out. So, um, but no, like, Julio listens to it all the time. Does he? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Julio, man. Thank you for- Shout out to Julio. Hey, thanks for fixing yeah, my partner's truck, bro. Man, you did a fantastic dude. fucking job. <laughs> okay. All right, and then uh, what else? Like, so, uh, any, anybody else? Or did anybody ever come back and be like, "Yeah, listen, that's that show's nuts." I no, uh, I don't like that's that. Garbage, show. It's garbage. No, nobody, no, nobody's ever been like, "What the fuck did you recommend to me?" But <laughs> no, yeah, um, yeah, not a lot of people. Like, I, I kind of, I made my circle a lot smaller as I got older. So mm-hmm. it's not like, uh, you know, at one point I got, I'm like, "Fuck, I know too many." Like people that aren't like. Were you a coke dealer? No, I wasn't. <laughs> Too many no. people that aren't really. Yeah, like truly... like I have like four like good buddies of mine that are like they're family. You know, like we take mm-hmm. a bullet for one another and vice versa. So that's kind of you know, and people you get older, people get in relationships, they have kids, <laughs> so it's like you're not fucking out there. At least I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Insane. Hey, you said you were an insurance adjuster. <laughs> what the fuck is that like? <laughs> it's interesting. Bro. Yeah, it's got to be interesting. Bro. It does, right? Bro, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, it it really first one of, of all, the most boring jobs ever. It was pretty fucking interesting. Interesting. I would imagine so. What, what you let have, me tell you, every yeah. exchange I've had with the insurance company was real interesting, Dude, bro. Let me tell you, <laughs> any any fucking service business is fucking crazy because you deal with entitlement fucking weird like how did you even get the job like what so, about you as an adjuster yeah so i was a service advisor at santa monica lexus and uh i dealt with a certain insurance company over the course of two three weeks on some crazy like fraud <laughs> this guy was like whatever <laughs> anyways so and the guy that i worked with was like a higher up and he kept on asking me like at the end he kept on asking me for my resume and i was like all right you know and we kind of talked he was trying to tell me oh you get a car you get this all the benefits i actually have a friggin um oh my god what is that at the end uh that used to get from like unions uh severance not severance pension uh, pension you got a pension yeah you hear how much money these fucking insurance companies are making they're giving guys like shorts a pension Jesus fucking Christ. And this is one of the majors. We won't say so nobody yeah, gets yeah, butthurt. So but this is up there. State you, Farm type. You've seen their commercial. Okay. Yeah. They got a long-running commercial with an ugly broad that's supposed to yep. be real funny about a diner and all that bullshit. Right. Okay. Got it. So, um, but yeah, it was. So I took the job really from there just because of the benefits and kind of stability and, you know. So what they do? They give you a car or what? Yeah, yeah, they gave me a car and company all car. That and what do you do? You just drive around LA and look at dents. Yeah, or go to body shops, go to salvage yards, look at crazy totals, burned up cars, all <laughs> kinds of shit. Go to people's homes and you know. I bet they're happy to see you. Some of them, right. some of them were not happy to see me and. <laughs> You know, I like get the thing and I see, okay, there was a, um, you know, slow, low impact rear ending, right? Yeah. And I get there and the guy's like, dude, this one, one of the best ones. Like he had a little like tap on his bumper. <laughs> I get there. He's like, yo, you really need to address my coolant leak. And I'm like, what? Like, he's like, my coolant started leaking after the accident. I'm like, 
okay, it's probably not related, but I'll check it out. Like, that was the deal. And this guy was like, made this whole big stink, bro, that it had to have been from that. And, you know, but I think I was telling you, like, I came into contact with so much fraud, but unless you see these guys fucking doing it, you kind of have to pay it. What's the cap? Because I bet you if the fraud is expensive enough, they're like, nah, you got to kick that upstairs because we're going to crunch down on these fuck faces. Well, kind of the way that it works is if you have something fraud and you don't pay for it and they kind of like try to go over your head, and let's say they verified that it's bullshit, it's fraud. Yeah. They'll literally like give the person every opportunity to take back their story. It's different if it's an insured versus a claimant. Like what do you mean? If, if that person has our insurance, yeah, the the um, there's a lot more we we can deny the claim. But if our insured is at fault and rear ends somebody else, yeah, and they want to add other shit that's not related, it's it, we kind of have to pay for it, right? But is there a point at which it's a claimant and they're like, it's got to go up to legal? This is they're asking for eighty grand. There are, but it's it's usually. I mean, but the shops are so crooked too, bro. And it's are like, the shops crooked, dude? What yeah. do you? It's like how how does that scam work? Oh my god, bro. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like almost like collapse. You're like, are dude, they crooked, <laughs> bro? They they add shit, and then you know they want to kick back money to the vehicle owner. They want to grease my palm. Right. And, and of you course, know. you're you're a man of honor. You never participated in any of that. Yeah. You were for trying sure. to. In fact, you were trying to clean it up. Mm. <laughs> Steve, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, dude. Everybody's on the take on those, bro. Everybody's trying to get their hands into the cookie jar. Sean, you know? everything that you we think like you're what? Didn't you just have car trouble? Yeah. Okay, what, wasn't it a weird thing where it was like, you went in for one thing and all of a sudden it was like 5Gs or what was oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, um, <laughs> I jumped a car and then uh, the my dash went out. Right. They fucking blew up or whatever. And then they charged me <laughs> fucking 2,000 bucks to fix it. But I also had look at, my- look at, look at Schwartz is shaking his head like, yeah. See, I mean, I, sometimes Sean, legit things happen, but you know. But I just, uh, someone tried to break in my car mm -hmm. and like did the Allen wrench thing where they they like filed down an Allen wrench, but they chipped away the, the console around the ignition <laughs> and they totaled my car because it was, it, he, they fucked something up. So it was, they ended up giving me a fucking $10,000 check. For yeah. The car. People start freaking out when you're going to total their car sometimes. You know, people are real attached to their fucking cars, bro. Right. Right. Like. Yeah, but I mean, so. it doesn't make economic sense if to fix it's going to cost more than the goddamn car. Right, and nowadays, dude, its parts are so expensive, labor like it's real easy to total a car. Right, like real easy. And that's part of the fucking like problem. Yeah, right, man. What's well, a whole fuck? I mean, dude, I worked at a car dealership too, and that was one of the craziest fuckery scenes i've ever been involved <laughs> sure, in because they're in on the on the on it too it's all connected well, okay oh, well, oh my like, dude it's like a fucking different world like it's, <laughs> it's crazy bro like what goes on like did you did someone literally put sawdust in the engine oh well not even i'm talking about between the people that work there kind of too but yeah i mean the whole game is like fucking lying to people and you know basically trying to trick them into 
buying a car right then for as much money as you know yeah but i mean which like, is sales but it's you can sell and you can be shady about it too right so what did you no, see but like the... dude i could tell you a crazy story yeah like the gm of the fucking dealership started fucking one of the the front desk girls he was married with kids but he had a <sighs> portion of the whole store <sighs> And basically, upper management came to him and told him that he basically had to leave his wife and wife up this fucking young girl. What? Um, yeah. Or he was going to lose his part of the business. Man, how and does that work? Good show. Bro, what was crazy, though, is like, so this chick, you know, they're making minimum wage or whatever, right? <sighs> Front desk girl, they're cute. You know, but they all kind of hang out. And she went from like that to like coming in with like fucking Louis bags and, you know. It was pretty funny. Right. Well, I mean, that's what the job is. You might get promoted if you fuck the right <laughs> dude. Right. Fuck up his marriage. Now he's stuck. Now he's got to do the right thing. That's how you earn your bread. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's why they can pay him so little. Because it's like, one of you guys, one of you guys might be able to fuck one of us. You might be able to make it to the next level. Mm. But you got to play down here in the minor leagues for a minute. That's wild, dude. And what was your like? What kind of things was your job or whatever at a dealership? I was I was selling for a bit, and then I went to a service advisor. So you, what was it like? You were selling cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you do? You get them drunk and then smack them in the fan, <laughs> no. grab them by the shins, like you're gonna buy this fucking car, car else. No. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, dude, my whole shtick was like the anti-car salesman, car salesman. Right. <laughs> Listen, I'm not like those other guys. I'm just going to... Bro, sh- honestly, but I would handle their shit, and they were cool with paying me for my service. Right. Because right. I took care of shit, and I wasn't cheesy, and I told them, like, what was up, and... Right. Yeah. And they were like, we got to get this guy in the service. He's they too say these are the hottest models. I think they're a little overpriced. <laughs> it's a Ford. Listen, I'm like gonna, one of those guys. Yeah, right? I'm going to let you in on a secret. That clear coating thing's bullshit. Hey, right. I'm not even gonna, warranty, don't fuck I'm not even going to do that. Or get the extended I mean, normally sure. it's bullshit, but I, got, I swear yeah. to you, on this one, it is real. It yeah. is real. Yeah. The big and, difference, bro, from being a car salesman versus like a service advisor yeah. is when you're selling a car, you're opposite sides of the table from the person. When you're a service advisor, you're helping them. And what people don't know is that service advisors make commission just like the car salesman. Right. Like it's the same system. Right. Yeah, they're both out to get as much as they can from you, right? Right. You're getting money on the front end, money on the and back the end. fucking mechanics are all like, <laughs> dude, it's 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 so crazy, bro. What's the craziest thing you've seen a mechanic do? I mean, they just used to put little marks on the invoices to, like, real shit, fake shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Dude, Everything- the first time when I was brand new... Guy made a mark, and then the the tech came up, and he started talking to me and telling me, like, the drill with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, First thing I do, I ran to my buddy who, like, kind of brought me out there, and I was like, is this fool setting me up? Uh, You know, because I thought he was setting me up to Mm -hmm. fucking, like, get busted. He's like, no, just take care of it. I'm like, okay. Mm. So everything... It's just how it works, bro. Everything that you, on an instinctual level think is happening at the dealership yes. is well it's that and then some <sighs> straight up like when the guy goes let me get my manager and they go to the the room behind the glass and you see them talking you think they're talking shit about you they are <sighs> like how to fuck you they are like yeah 
sometimes actually how to fuck you. Right. What you gotta do is you gotta hit him where it hurts. Talk on, just tell, talk to him in a tone of voice like he's got no fucking balls while his angry Warhammer <laughs> wife is sitting there. And then he'll fucking challenge you and he'll go pay for the extra clear cup. I've seen it done a thousand times. Did it a thousand times. Well, dude, what's crazy too is like based on, it's totally stereotypical, but it's like based on people's background, you know like kind of how they're going to negotiate with you. <sighs> that's interesting. What do you mean? I mean, that's, it's sad but true, but like, okay, you know, like if it's um, an Armenian or a Persian or any really Arab, even including Israelis, um, you need to pack the fucking price because if they don't take you down thousands of dollars, like it's not, they don't feel good about themselves. Right, like they don't feel like they got th something on you. Right, 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 right. Right. And then like, uh, I mean, it's, again, this all stereotypical. Right, this like, isn't something you're promoting. You're saying this is sort of what was told to you. Not even told. It was just something that I observed. All right, I was trying to protect you on the PC police. Oh, you observed yeah, it. Yeah. It is what it is, bro. Like, I worked at fucking... 31 flavors <laughs> as a kid and I knew like by who came in what kind of fucking ice cream they were gonna alright so right, let me right, ask right, you a question right. African American comes in basket butter and pecan butter <laughs> pecan okay it's gonna be let me pecan tell you it's praline praline pecan butter pecan or black walnut mm. right <laughs> alright the 31 flavors too alright Chicano comes in strawberry that's right yeah. my wife's favorite fucking flavor is strawberry right, I come in what do I order what am I ordering Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip or mint <laughs> chip, right? I love yeah. mint chip. American, like American. Filipinos, yeah. pistachio every fucking time. All right, Jewish. Yeah, funny. Jewish. Yeah, but so that's such a weird question, bro. When people sure. ask about Jewish, it's a religion. I know it's yeah. culturally, but it's like... Well, it's Because I get all the time, well, you don't look Jewish. What the fuck well, I'm not is Jewish? Saying no, no, that, I'm not I'm saying, saying... No, 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 I'm just okay. saying like, so I couldn't... Sherbert. I couldn't... Rainbow it Sherbert. Sure. There you go. Why? That's a good one. No milk in it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. Just Asian, people. Chinese, Chinese comes in. Mm. They don't come in. <laughs> Is Probably that right? Pistachio too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's another good one, um, but yeah, dude, it tripped me out when I started realizing that. Though, mm -hmm. you know, you're like a fucking 15 year old kid. You're like, that's the funniest thing. Steve was butter like, pecan, black walnut, praline. It's butter yep. pecan, pralines and cream, and and for me, black walnut. Yeah. yeah, but butter what's pecan. Your and what's your favorite ice cream, Steve? Uh, from Thirty One Flavors. Yeah, uh, it was probably chocolate mousse royale or uh, or chocolate fudge. Sean, pralines and cream. Woo! He's got part black in him. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Jamoka. Jamoka almond fudge. Jamoka. Just I'm, the plain Jamoka. Oh, just Jamoka. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Every time. That's my go-to now from Thrifty, bro. Thrifty's ice cream is a whole different it's deal. The best. That's like a legendary. Yeah, yeah. You guys ever had? Um, have you guys? I mean, probably seen it on the Instagram, but have you seen the chocolate peanut butter ice cream by? Uh, I've seen your Instagram. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's by uh, the people that make. Oh, Tillamahook. Oh yeah. Tillamahook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tillamahook. Tillamahook. About this. I have seen it. And when you get the half gallon, <laughs> the way that they pour in or they get the chocolate Big in, thing it's in peanut. ribbons. It's in peanut butter ribbons, and it runs down the center of the gallon. 
So if you know, Speaking you my just language, open bro. up and you just carve out the center. If you pull out the center, that's where all the peanut butter is. <laughs> There's right. no more peanut butter on the rest of the sides. Right. It's all in that center. So you can pull out a good two scoops that have like the ratio of peanut butter and chocolate. It's like super high. Dude, the level of passion which you just I described know, that bro. is just like it contagious, bro. Dude, you're talking about chocolate ice cream <laughs> yeah. with peanut butter ribbons yep. running through it. <laughs> Nothing tastes like that, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's Straight true. Up. I mean, and I'll tell Especially you. Especially when you hit like a nug, like a heart. <laughs> and you put that thing, you're like, dude, what's happening in my mouth? It's like, huh. a nug. A nug. Hey, man, you want to hit up this nug? We got wheat. No, man, I'm talking about peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. Mm. Heavy no, dude. I love that. I love. You know what, man? I've been hitting a big peanut butter thing lately. You know, every yeah. sandwich, every night. Every night, peanut butter yeah. and jelly. How do you know that's that? A, I did that. I've had that happen three or four times in my life. Yeah, I go through Every phases. night, right, where I'm doing a peanut butter sandwich. I, I had that phase. How do you eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I would do a number of ways. At one point in time, I was doing the two pieces of bread, thin peanut butter, thin jelly. Okay, then I started doing one piece of bread, peanut butter, and jelly on top. So I didn't have the extra piece of bread. Fold it up. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or fold it or flat. I would never it lasts fold longer. It. Yeah, yeah. Flat right? lasts longer. You <laughs> eat it and it lasts longer like a yeah. piece of pizza. Yeah. And so those were the two that I was doing. I was going back and forth. And at the very end, it'd be like, let me take a piece of bread and just put some peanut butter. I'll skip the jelly and eat that. Right. Right. So right now, I'm in this phase. You where... can't even get to sleep without it now, huh? You know what? I don't feel filled up at the end of the day unless I hit this fucker. Right, right. right. Sticks to you. you. I feel you. Uh, and, yeah. and so what I got, now listen, this is what I've done. I've done, I've done a lot of walking around Costco. Uh, I know when you're about to talk about food, you're, you're going to break down some shit right now. Dude, I walk, I've, I've been doing some walking around Costco, and I finally centered in on um, there's a natural creamy Kirkland, which probably means it's good, mm. right? It's the same as whatever. <laughs> organic, right? right? So my wife can't talk shit. Everything I got to get has got to be organic. Mm. Is that organical? And then, <clears throat> and I now, I'm not one of those guys that believes in putting a, the peanut butter in the refrigerator, but my, my entire family that I live with now... They think botulism or food poisoning is going to oh, happen God. in 20 minutes. Too much minutes. oil. Too much oil. Mm -hmm. I try to explain this shit. They don't believe it. So if it's been out of the refrigerator for like 10 seconds, they're like, is it still good? I'm like, right. what the fuck? Right. My wife's like that. It drives me nuts. So it's in the fridge, right? They want it in the fridge. I'm like, fuck it. So the good news is, though, and it's a pain in the ass because when you try to spread cold peanut. It tears through the bread. Exactly. Facts. So what I do is I go in and like, a, like I'm ice fishing. I carve out. I don't even weigh it. I carve out like a square from the center and just pull it out, right? right, right like it's a right. chunk of ice, like core ice. Right, right, right. I put it on the bread. Now, the bread that we're getting is this one vegan. It's called one, and it's vegan bread, and it's a little tougher, and it's brown, so it doesn't fuck up the bread, all right? Boom, 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 boom. Now, I've scoured Mother's Sprouts Costco. For the right jelly? And, and Smart and Final. Not for the right jelly, but for the most calorie-effective gel. Right. Je right, okay. Right. And what I'm locked into right now is strawberry spread. Right. The, the, no, the not sugar-free? The, no, the sugar-free one, right? No, no, I did try that. I yeah. did try that. It, 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 but I'm in a stage right now where I need that sugar. Okay. I've tried, I bought that, and it's like fluff. It's got a strawberry thing, but it doesn't right. have quite that edge. So it's strawberry spread, organic, at Costco... 
50 calories per 28 grams. Or no, 35. 35 calories per 28 grams. Everyone else is at 50. 50, right? right. That's what I was going to say. Right. 50. Everyone else at 50. This one's 35. For I don't, a tablespoon. For 28 two. grams. Is it one tablespoon 20 or two? gram, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's 28 grams, Spence. and that's... That might it's be a one. Big tablespoon. It's a 28, 28 grams. Big tablespoon. So like I can get you three. Two. I think it's two. I think it's two tablespoons. I promise you, I'll pull it. Peanut butter is two tablespoons. Peanut butter is two. It is. 182. Right. You can't get around that. Unless you go to that powdered shit. But it's two spoonfuls. But it's two, and it's more than a table. Yeah. but it's it, two tablespoons. It's 32 grams or something like that. The strawberry spread's 28. Okay. For 35. But if you get 28 anywhere else, Smuckers, fucking, it's 50. Right. Which is okay. I I thought it would have been worse. Sure. It's not that bad. If you do the fucking sugar-free one, it's 10. Right. All right. You can have a lot of that, but it tastes like sea foam to me. All right. (laughs) So I fucking take three. Three. 28 times three. Whatever the fuck that is. 78. I fucking put that on the other side. So I got this slab. I'm slabbing right now. I'm fucking slabbing. I'm slabbing fucking. Dirt, I work. And I put it together. And it's like the kind where it's like the edges are starting to drip. I'm not going to get it all. But that's cool. You know why? Because the crust is going to be the cleanup. Got it all figured out. I fucking get my fucking sparkling water too. Because one's never going to (laughs) do. I got to fucking. Cut that fucking peanut butter. It's going to get stuck in my throat a little right, bit. Right, right, I right. love that whole thing. Bite, stuck, swallow, jam Open it up. Right. Woo! Ready. I earned it. It's right. an epic description, bro. It's the truth. Yeah. So I fucking... Now, I'm right now... And I've gone a lot of different ways, like you said. Two pieces of bread. That's fine. Those two pieces of bread, they're 80 calories per slice. That's 160. So really, I'm getting it, but I'm cheating a little bit because I'm not weighing the peanut butter right now. Right. But it doesn't seem to be doing anything, so I'm fucking around. Probably in about two more weeks, I'm going to talk about how I got to go back to weighing because I'm getting fat again. All right, but right now, I'm not there. Right now, I'm in the dream, the delusion. I cannot weigh the peanut butter. It's like a thick extra piece of, it's like that thick. It's like an inch thick peanut butter and, and, and the jam, right? An inch? Yeah, together. Inch. Not each, together. So it's like bread. Inch bread. Okay. I got a paper plate, right? That's a lot. I'm not even fucking. <laughs> An inch is a lot. Dude. I'm no not doubt. even fucking. Like, you know, and my wife and my mother-in-law, they're they're cooking whatever. They'll go to fucking. They got vegan burgers. They're like, you want burger? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, and, and they don't even ask me anymore because I've turned them down so many fucking times. I know what I'm food doing. You don't need to tell me what I'm food doing. I've been thinking about this like three hours before you even asked. And I made decisions and plans. Right. I ain't going to fuck with that. And I started eating the edge first. You know what I mean? I started eating the edge until all I got left is this fucking belly of crustless middle peanut butter and strawberry jam. To the point where I've even fantasized that, like, if I called a band, if I said I'm going to start a music group called Peanut Butter Jelly Middle, everybody would know what the fuck I was talking about. I don't even know why I thought that. I just did. And I just sat there. And then I eat. And then what I do is I nibble around the belly a little bit till I get it to where it's like, maybe. I know it sounds like sex, but I'm just, I nibble around the belly. 
And then I get it to a point where it's like maybe like I'm almost like in my whole mouth, I might not be able to eat this last bite, but it's all middle. Like black tar, like a pillow of black tar heroin. <laughs> and I do that whole thing in one bite. Oh, you do? Oh. And I f- struggle through it and I almost choke and that's like part of it. Right. It's like weird. It's like getting choked during sex. I'm just like... <laughs> And it's like, you know, and there's like <laughs> smatterings left over on the plate that are like remnants that I'm going to get to hit later. You know what I mean? And I'm just like. Can <laughs> you see him? Like fucking oh, almost bro. choking. He's got an erection. He's got an erection. <laughs> He's looking over. He's like David Carradine. Yeah, that's Except exactly you will find me with a jelly, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> instead of a fucking rope. I'm just like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what's been going on lately. <laughs> but, um, that's all I have on that. Uh, uh, that was epic. Uh, do you have anything further, Schwartz, right now? <laughs> no, hey, would man. your mom come and do the show? Yeah. What do you think about that? Bringing yeah, her I would in. That would love be it. awesome, right? I would like it. Hell yeah. 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 Fucking, uh, sounds like she spent her life committed to helping people, man. Not only she that. I want for that. Sure. That's, yeah. I think that's like important... Los Angeles history because yes. she was serving a, a a lot of people in a certain time in a certain area. Yeah, we should get that recorded for posterity. That would be good. I'm 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 down with anything anything down there, man. I recovered at Walden House. Dude, you, know? you and I used I to go. Down, do you remember you and I used to go down there and, and do our pitch? The Gladys on Gladys Park. On Gladys Park, and they would bring yeah. those donuts. Yeah. Do you remember that? Get up there. It's weird because when I'm in those situations, yeah, I always feel like I'm right what God designed me to do. Feel like I, I feel like when I'm in those places dealing with those types of people, I feel like I'm like right where I'm supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what God designed us to do? God designed us to make an audio book called <laughs> The Art of War. Introduction yeah. of which is coming. Uh, we the, this thing is the hard luck show version, <laughs> narrated by the greatest, one of the greatest fathers of Los Angeles, Steve Lucky Luciano. Right? Thanks, Listen, he's from the patrician class, and uh, contextualized by a savage, and all recorded by an audio ninja. Um, and uh, Ovando Bowen, LLP. We wear braids to court. Yeah. Big shout out to. Uh, Everybody, my wife, my baby, my mother-in-law, you know, the Sklalems, you fucking Sklalem bastards, if you're listening to this, this one goes out to you. you. All right, what do you got? Everybody else? What do you got? If you're even thinking about a podcast, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Sean at Moomino.media. His H2K voice. That's his H2K voice. What do you got for us? What do you got for us, brother? Shout out. Shout out to my fam, my wife, moms, Julio, Julio J. Ramos. You can catch him on Instagram. It's Cool Jewels, C O O L J U L S. Show coming up end of next month. He's got some hot shit popping. All right. Shout out to Steve Spiros. In Toronto. Hey, hi guys. You know me, Steve Spiros. Easy going. Hey, Schwartz. Thank you for coming down today. For yeah. sure. Pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. 
here in from Santa Monica. And by the way, sending out uh, my love, respect to the whole city of Santa Monica, California. To my daughter, my son, and little Michael. Uh, www.supermaxhardware.com. Check us out. We're dropping. We got stuff popping off this week, so be on the lookout. Always listen to the Hard Luck Show on Mondays and Thursdays. Keep your ears and eyes open for H2K. And uh, vibes, rolling papers, cookies, cookies, everything. And uh, shout out to the Soul Assassins and Esteban Oreo and DJ Muggs. All right, you guys. Like we do about this time. Did you go yet? Yeah. Oh, like we do about this time. Adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show. Can you pee? Can you pee? Dick in the cup. Don't trip, OG. When they broke you off the Duke Majors Tabasco. Yeah. EDD, big money coming. Well, you're a fucking, you're a cabin. You got cabin fever, dude. Can you pee? <coughs> Dark side of the moon. Dick in the cup. Don't trip, OG.
He like, oh like he's nutting all over him. He's <laughs> oh. his wife. Oh. It's like dead. he's laying next to her in bed, going, oh, 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 and his wife. 